Addiction is a treatable chronic medical disease involving complex interactions among brain circuits, genetics, the environment, and an individual's life experiences. People with addiction use substances or engage in behaviors that become compulsive and often continue despite harmful consequences. Sober Curious is something else. And joining me on the line to talk about all of this is Michael Walsh. He's a recovery coach, invitational interventionist, a family coach, and consultant. Good evening, Michael. Good evening, Maureen. It's so good to chat with you this evening. I was looking at my notes, and we chatted on Sunday, July 15, 2018, if you can believe it. Did we now? Wow, (laughs) I didn't realize it had been that long. Well, nice to chat with you again. Thank you so much for coming on the show again to talk about this very important issue, addiction. Um, yeah. did I, did I do the definition justice? Uh, is there anything that you would like to add to that? Well, um, thank you for having me. Uh, it's really, uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you this evening and talk about a subject that I'm very passionate about. Um, I think you touched on, um, one part of substance use and addiction. And what I have found is that I work with such a variety of clients, you use the term sober curious. And so there's kind of a low to moderate consumer of substances, be it alcohol, um, you know, uh, cannabis or other drugs. And then there's sort of the end of the scale um, sort of um, addiction piece, which which requires uh, um, a much more important, I guess, um, robust intervention, if you will. So yes, you opened it uh, just fine. And then there's also a lot of other uh, clients in there that are looking for changes in their lifestyle, whether it's alcohol or drugs. So, Mm -hmm. And I want to mention your website because I think that's also interesting. So we have a lot to cover here this evening in these next two segments. It's homebasedrecovery.ca, which which speaks volumes about the type of uh, services that you can offer. But before we go into that, what exactly is Sober Curious? Well, you know, it's uh, it's become a, a a term that was coined a number of years ago by a woman out of the UK, and I can't think of her name right at the moment. But it was, um, I think, a very important term because I think that a lot of people think that they have to um, quit drinking or using. Let's just talk about alcohol. They think that they have to quit drinking completely or forever. But some people are not ready to do that yet. And so being a little bit sober curious is just maybe uh, dipping their toes into taking a break or cutting back and really seeing what the impact of that is. And I know oftentimes that I have worked with clients who were sober curious. When we got to sort of the three or four or five month mark, they saw such important changes in their lives, whether it was just physical health, mental health, financial relationships that they were kind of ready to rip the band-aid off and forget about sober curious i really like living like substance free and that sort of um you know moved them along the spectrum i guess but yeah i think sober curious is just an invitation for people there's no Uh hard fast rule around stopping i think it just opens a door for a lot of people who maybe think that they're slotted into one category of having to quit forever or completely Right. And a lot of people I know are turned off by that. They think I can never not have a beer for the rest of my life. Um, but it, <laughs> yeah. are, those, are those the people 
that, um, you know, is it, is it the people who could actually have a beer every now and again? <laughs> or, you know, like, where do you draw the line between somebody yeah. who is addicted and somebody who just feels better if they don't drink and then decide, you know, so there's not this sort of, you know, never again, it's final. You can never drink alcohol again. Yeah. Um, is is know, it about how it's impacting their life and how their behaviors are? Absolutely. I think that's a, that's a very good point. Um, again, I work with a variety of clients. I work with sort of low to moderate consumers, and then I do work at sort of the other end of the scale where someone's consumption is, you know, maybe daily, call it chronic, call it dependent, call it, um, you know, really affecting a lot, uh, many parts of their lives. And that individual um, would likely do well by a sort of higher level of care and support, whatever that might look like for the individual. Would that person never be able to drink again? It's very possible. Um, you know, I don't sort of dictate what people are going to do or not going to do. Um, I work with them for them to come up with their own kind of ideas and solutions on how they want to change their lives. But and I'm not a clinician, so I'm not sort of doing assessments. But if I felt someone was in a category where um, they, you know, an assessment would be useful, whether it's, a, you know, a clinical psychologist, uh, for example, I would certainly make that referral. And then the psychologist could put out a diagnosis and also um, a treatment protocol for that person. So. I don't know mm-hmm. if that answers your question. Yes, it does. Very, very nicely. Thank you so much. And um, just to the listeners, are you sober curious? Do you have an issue with alcohol or thinking you might have an issue with alcohol? Are you questioning your relationship with alcohol and thinking about trying sobriety? Give us a call. The number to call is one 399 9898 Actually, you can call or text one 399 9898 Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, you know, I have a clinical practice and I recently had a person in my clinical practice who had, I've, I've seen this person, you know, multiple times over probably the last five or six years and, or, or a bit more actually, probably 10 years. And they have stopped. They've had problems in their life. Um, they've stopped and they've started, they've stopped and they've started stopped and started. I mean, I can remember at least four or five times this particular person has stopped and started again. And then most recently, this person said, my life has changed completely. You know, I haven't been drinking for, I can't remember how long, maybe it was five or six months. Um, And they said, I'm nicer to my wife. Um, Mm. I am nicer. You know, I'm getting up early in the morning. I am enjoying the sunrise. I am walking my dog. I am walking around. I, I'm exercising. There were, there were so many changes. And then um, they said, but you know what? I, I might just have another, have a glass of wine <laughs> or a beer, mm-hmm. you know, next month. <laughs> and it's right. like, you know, I was curious myself. <laughs> um, why would you do that when your life has changed so much? I can be fairly yeah. straightforward. Um, and, <laughs> You know, they were wondering, like, oh, do you think I'm going to go over the edge if I just have one glass of wine? I think, you know, doesn't past behavior <laughs> indicate future behavior? Um, right. You know, past history indicate future, your future. And, I mean, this person was really considering, and, and they had made so many changes in their life, and they were so happy with how it was. 
but then it was just like, you know, I do want to, maybe I'll just have one, but you know, I was curious if this person could just have one because they've never been able to just have one. They've always gone, you know, fallen off and gotten back on the way. What do you do? You fall off the wagon, get back on the wagon. They're on the wagon, follow, I guess. Anyway, um, on and off the wagon, shall we say. 1-877-399-9898. That's 1-877-399-9898. If you have any questions about alcohol consumption or sober curious or your – your, how your life has been with or without alcohol, would love to hear from you. one 399 9898 So getting back to that. So you, now you also do some of this work in, um, and I don't know if you've just started doing it from the pandemic, which is a lot of the telehealth that I do as well. Um, you do telehealth recovery for people. Tell me about the home-based recovery. Yeah, well, the home-based recovery was my original business was um, is still uh, Michael Walls like recovery coaching, family coaching, and interventions. Mm-hmm. And during the pandemic, as a matter of fact, my colleague uh, Dr. Michael Berry, who's a registered psychologist in Victoria, and our colleague Ewan Kirkaldi, who is a social worker, um, we sort of saw the need for obviously online treatment and. There was already a few folks in that category, if you will, that um, were offering online addiction treatment, but they were also offering therapy and groups and all that kind of stuff. And we did see a, um, I guess, an opening for um, a lower priced option to do online addiction treatment still with like excellent um, um, you know, content. But we saw also that we could add in a recovery coach as the main support for our program, home-based recovery. Mm-hmm. We originally started um, as a group offering, and we didn't get enough people to put groups together. But what we did find is a lot of people wanted to go through the program individually. Mm-hmm. And so the home-based recovery option really is um, its a lower-priced online addiction treatment option where We've the content is has been created by addiction specialists and um, uh, mental health experts in the field, and we put together over sixty videos in an online learning platform. We've attached a recovery coach to each client, and they go through the program anywhere from thirty to sixty days. We can, it's it's a thirty day program, but we've customized it for certain people. It's a very robust program. Like each module, there's sort of several steps that, that one's go, one goes through. And then the recovery coaching piece is um, uh, the first sort of 10 days you're meeting with a recovery coach every day for 45 minutes. And then day 11 to 20 is every second day for 45 minutes. And then day 21 to 30 is every 40, every third day for 45 minutes. So what we did find in, Uh, My colleagues both worked at inpatient treatment is that clients often said we don't have enough contact with a professional, whether it's a therapist or a coach or whoever it is, their primary contact. So that was one of the reasons why we did such a immersive um, uh, recovery coaching experience for the client. So So this is a self-directed program. Is that where they're going online watching the videos or is somebody actually speaking with them? Yeah, that's a great question. So 
It is self-directed in the sense that the people are, they, we provide them access to the online learning portal. Mm-hmm. And there's several steps that they have to do. And they have to finish each step in order to go on to the next one. And then, of course, they're meeting real time with their recovery coach. I'm often mm-hmm. the recovery coach that people are meeting with. And so we're debriefing the content that they learned that day or we're just sort of working through other things that they may be dealing with. Um, Some of the people have never been to treatment before. This is their first experience at recovery, and the information can be very overwhelming, but having a recovery coach, uh, very immersive recovery coaching experience is just, it's been phenomenal. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just been a pleasure to watch these people uh, go through the program, and at the end, we also add on six months of recovery coaching aftercare support. So once the program ends, that's not it. We stick with them for another six months. My guest is Michael Walsh. She's a recovery coach, an invitational interventionist, family coach, and consultant. But we've got a caller on the line, Brian from Alberta. Good evening, Brian. Hi, good evening. Uh, I, I just wanted to say that I think what he's doing is a great idea. Um, I use a combination of 12-step programs and... Mm-hmm. Uh, num- uh, probably six or seven counseling sessions over the years. Um, and it's a lifetime process. I've been sober for 40 years, and it's a lifetime process. You're never wow. finished working on yourself. Are, are mm. any of us? <laughs> We're, I mean, if we all could be working on ourselves, that would be awesome. That's a fantastic, Brian. 40 years. That's amazing. And, 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 and it's, it's, you know, it's one day at a time, okay? Like, Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I had stopped and started a few times before I, before I finally quit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it came down to the reason I, you know, the reason I, I stopped is because of, you know, stopped banging my head against the walls because I felt so good when I stopped, you know? Right. Uh, and, and the first, you know, when I first entered a, a 12 step program, that's when I quit. Mm-hmm. I never looked back, but. I'm going to say this, and, and it, it was, I've had some very, very difficult times in that course of sobriety. Um, and, you know, I, I would encourage anybody who wishes to embark upon this road, seek all the help you can get. And, you know, because there's so many different avenues that you can access. Mm-hmm. And, and not everything, the same thing doesn't work for everybody. Brian, if you don't mind, and you don't have to answer this, I ask you, what brought you to, or what was your rock bottom, if you will? What made you decide, I, this doesn't work for me? My rock bottom was when my parent, when my dad loaded me on the plane and my mom had said to me, Brian, you need to go somewhere else. I'm tired of watching you destroy yourself. Uh, yeah, you know, I hear that. Yeah. It's often words my, of somebody else. My, my dad said, you know, Brian, you'll achieve great things, but not here. <laughs> you know, that was, that was basically it. My parents wanted nothing to do, you know, and I don't blame them. Eh? Like I put them through the ringer, you know, and you were quite young. Were yeah. You? I was 20, I was 23 when I uh, came, uh, when I sobered up. Wow. Amazing. Good for you. Congratulations. And thank you so much for sharing your story. So, you know, and I think that's all I really need. That, that was the point I wanted to make. It's a lifelong program. Absolutely. Thank you so Thank much, you, Brian. Brian. Um, there's some 
Words of wisdom and support for what you're doing, Michael, uh, which is awesome. Um, Michael, I was going to ask, and Brian brought it up before I had a chance, um, how does your program compare to a 12-step program? Um, well, I would say that they're completely different, uh, as Brian said, and the beauty of the world today is that there's so many resources out there. So pick and choose what feels right, what feels comfortable, build your own kind of recovery program or system, if you will. Um, you know, 12 step is really just 12 step philosophy, whether it's whatever the anonymous is, alcohol, narcotics, cannabis. Um, and that is just separate on its own. So I have a lot Mm -hmm. of clients who, do some 12-step work. Maybe they do Dharma recovery. They might do smart recovery. They might not do any of those kind of things, but maybe they do like a psychoeducational type support group. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's just so many options out there today, which is which is the beautiful thing. I do want to just say that, and although, you know, you asked Brian, what was your rock bottom? I like to always say that um, I think there's many levels of <laughs> bottoms for people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Some people can, you know, get ahead of going to that furthest rock bottom if they wish to explore, you know, their relationship to the use of substances. So, yes, um, I've heard terms like high bottom, mid bottom, you know, and, and, you know, but I think people often think rock bottom is ending up on the street with no place Mm -hmm. to live, no food, not going anywhere. And that's I've never heard that as a rock bottom for anybody. I mean, mostly what I have heard is, you know, my wife had to put my address on my wrist because so, I would get so drunk, I had to show my address. I couldn't speak. So I showed right. the taxi driver or Uber driver my wrist so that they could bring right. me home, you know, kind yeah. of a thing. Or uh, somebody else who said that, you know, one of their kids had said something like, are you going to drink a bottle of wine and six beers every night after work, daddy? And he never right. drank again. Um, right. Yeah. So rock bottom is, is something else. We could probably do a whole show on that. Um, but you're also an <laughs> invitational interventionist. Can you tell me what that is, please? I have, I have, I kind of have an idea, but not really. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a variety of interventions out there. There's sort of two of the most common ones. One of them is called the Johnson model, uh, which has been around for decades. That's the surprise kind of ambush style uh, mm-hmm. intervention, which I think can be quite useful and effective in certain uh, circumstances. I do not want any part of that only because I just feel like um, my uh, who I am doesn't sort of align with that that kind of um, approach, but I'm not mm-hmm. it's 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 useful in the right circumstance. I do what's called invitational. Mm-hmm. All of my work really, like recovery coaching, family coaching, interventions, it's all really just inviting people together to collaborate. Eventually, you know, we start working with the family first, those who kind of reach out to us, and we get them on the same page. We coach them and lead them sort of toward the eventual family meeting. Um, so mm-hmm. we've got all of our ducks in a row. And then one of those people will invite their loved one, that person who is using the substances, and they'll just let them know, hey, listen, you know, we love you. We care about you. We're worried. We as a family do not know how to navigate this. We've hired some professionals, and we just want you to know we're having a family meeting. It's tomorrow at 10 o'clock, and we need you to be there. Mm-hmm. It sounds and great. And I, I, unfortunately, yeah. we're up against the clock, Michael. I feel terrible, okay. but I would love to have no you back worries. to talk about it. Um, but it sounds like a great idea. And I also want to talk about you know when people in the family need to deal with their own addiction before they can help mm-hmm. somebody else. Michael Walsh, recovery coach. 
homebasedrecovery.ca. 